Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to love yourself as a homeschool mama. Perfect timing for Valentine's Day. Do you celebrate Valentine's Day? There's some that probably see Valentine's Day as just another day fueled by the card companies. Understandable. And there's probably some that are single or not interested in being partnered. So we don't do it the old-fashioned way. We might do a Galentine's instead. There's some of us that hope that our partners actually will do something to honor us on Valentine's Day. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. And then there's some of us that have pretty romantic partners who consider us on Valentine's Day. But you know who I think should consider us on Valentine's Day and really all the days the most? It should be us. So today we're going to talk about how to love yourself as a homeschool mama. Before the age of 30, I remember as a mom of two or maybe three, people would talk about having chocolate cravings. I didn't really believe them. I thought it was a cult myth. And then I had my third child, and I craved both coffee and chocolate. And it didn't feel like a myth anymore. I want good chocolate most days. But on Valentine's Day, I love Roger's chocolate. Delicious chocolates. But I'll take any chocolate. How about you? This podcast is all about you taking care of you. But especially on today's episode, we are going to talk about different techniques, different things that you can do on a practical day-to-day to love yourself. Conveniently, I've got 14 ways to love yourself as a homeschool mama. But first, you're invited to a group coaching session on self-compassionate techniques this Wednesday. I'm offering an intensive on self-compassion. Let's consider this is your Valentine's gift to yourself. We'll talk about how you speak to yourself. Self-compassion is a way of relating to yourself, seeing yourself as a separate human being. We'll discuss practical tools to include self-compassion techniques because how we speak to ourselves is also how we're speaking to our children. And we'll touch on boundaries too, because as Brene Brown says, the most compassionate people are the most boundaried people. Recently, I heard from one of my podcast guests, Kelly Edwards. Do you remember her from the 90-Minute Homeschool? We talked about de-schooling your homeschool. She shared these kind words. Teresa, I just re-listened and enjoyed you all over again. Thank you for this opportunity and for all you do to help support other homeschool moms. What a treasure you are in your authenticity, care, and compassion that come across so completely. Wow, what a boost. I really appreciate that. I must say that this podcast feeds my soul 
Wow, those kind words truly do hit me and make me feel very thankful to be part of this community to, I guess, have created this community. But it's all of you that participate in this community and engage and interact authentically yourselves that really make a community so meaningful. And I very much appreciate being able to chat with Kelly and all of the podcast guests that I get to connect with. It has been so much fun. Before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Kristen Mercer at Mercentials. She's a homeschool mama that engages in young living essential oils, and she sent me a package of something called Ningxia Red. Have you heard of it? I don't know that I'm pronouncing that right. It is N-I-N-G-X-I-A. They sometimes do 30-day challenges using Ningxia Red every day for 30 days. Ningxia Red is a powerful antioxidant that boosts your energy level without causing crashes. And it's all made of natural ingredients. And I'm going to share with you my first thoughts, my first experience of what it was like to drink Ningxia Red. I've got my smoothie ready. And um, it's more pink than green today because I tend to put a lot of greens into my smoothie, but I added about half the package into my smoothie container. Mm. Mm. Just tastes a little less green, maybe a little bit more strawberry-ish. I mean, they don't say anything about including strawberries. They have pomegranate and sweet cherry, blueberry, chokeberry. I've never had a chokeberry. Chokeberry, plum, and the wolfberry, which I think is the same name as a goji berry, just known differently in different parts of the world. They do say that after 31 days of drinking this Ningxia, Ningxia red, you're going to feel better, have more energy, curb sugar cravings, sleep better, and get more whole food goodness into my diet. Yeah, that's for sure. So I'm going to take my shot of Ningxia because this is just a glass of Ningxia with a bunch of ice cubes and see what it's really like outside of all the other mixtures. Mmm, that's really good. What does that taste like? Mm, I don't know. Probably a mix of all those fruits I just told you. <laughs> it tastes really good. Yeah, I could do this for 31 days. No problem. The red drink, they call it. Have you heard of it? Have you used it? I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. So delicious. Thank you, Kristen Mercer at Essentials. So what's been happening in your homeschool? If you'd like to connect with me, introduce yourself on any of the show notes pages on my website, www.capturingthecharmlife.com and leave a voice message or a written message because I love hearing from you. And if you want, you can connect in with me on the Patreon community and have a good old-fashioned coffee virtually. So this is what's been happening in my homeschool. The KiwiCo box came. If y'all have experienced the KiwiCo subscription box, you'll know that your child will be absorbed in whatever that activity is. And I love seeing the quality. These KiwiCo boxes always have quality products inside them and they help children learn simple machines. And my 13-year-old son is all about learning how to build stuff. So this month, he learned to put together a machine that will shuffle cards. Now, this kiddo actually really can shuffle cards. He is really good at it. He did all that magic trick stuff for a long time, and he learned how to perform in front of people, so he's pretty good at it. But he loves building stuff, and this machine really works. So we've been playing a lot more gin rummy lately. 
but he's also playing a whole lot of chess. Like, so much chess. He still marvels at me that I don't want to hear about all the potential opening moves and all the different things that he can do with the horsies. Okay, so clearly I'm not a chess player. Even taking an out-school class right now to learn about becoming a grandmaster chess player. Like, how cool is that? And I will tell you that he is spending more time on his screens. And some part of me says, this is not good. He should go outside and play. And then the other part says to the uncertain part, seriously, relax. He's learning to be a grandmaster at chess. We'll also be planting some trays of seeds for a vegetable garden in the spring. Even though right now, if you were to see our backyard, there is solidly two and a half, three feet of cold, frozen, hard snow that does not make us think that spring is around the corner. But this is my version of gardening in February in Canada. From one homeschool mama to another, if you want to do this homeschool thing, I'm here to encourage you to take care of you, to nurture the nurturer. Who needs to love you more at Valentine's Day and really every day of the year more than you? How do you feel when I share that statement? Do you recoil and think, ew, loving me? I don't know about that. That sounds kind of you fill in the blank. Or do you think, yeah, I'm actually, I'm familiar with these concepts and I naturally am pretty capable of doing this. Or like me, I used to recoil and think, hmm, self-compassionate techniques? Hmm, I don't think so. I'll put that in the same section in my brain where yoga goes. But now I discovered that actually it's the most important thing because how I'm engaging and relating to my children and to my partner, to my friends, to the most important people in my world is how I'm relating to me. So before we head over to Pinterest and check out all those cool Valentine's crafts that we tell ourselves we definitely are going to do with the kids this year, but even if we do do them, they will never look like what we find on Pinterest, unless you're the super creative homeschool mom that really does know how to do that cool creative stuff, and you make our Instagram feed truly beautiful. So before you head over to Pinterest to plan your Valentine's homeschool day party, I want to share a homeschool mom of Valentine for you. It's simple, but from the heart. Roses are red. Violets are blue. You got this homeschool mom. You really do. That one took me a while. So here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about 14 ways that you can love yourself as a homeschool mama. It took me a few years actually a lot of years, to be intentional about self-nurturing practices. And I only began to pay attention to them when I had to. So from one homeschool mama to another, you gotta love yourself too. Coming to understand that I don't have an endless supply of energy, organization, and happiness, that I actually need nurturing too, was a useful and pivotal moment to remember on my road to homeschool satisfaction. I share some of the practices that nurture me. I hope this can be an encouragement for you to nurture you too. So grab your journal and write anything that comes to mind that's meaningful to you. 
So the first of 14 things that I want to share with you is to drink coffee. I'm sorry, this is cliche, but we are going to include the cliches in this discussion too. Because like I said, before the age of 30, I didn't understand why people were talking about chocolate consumption, but I also didn't understand what people were talking about when they said they need coffee. But after I had my third daughter, I got it. I was tired. I was so tired. As an aside, I was told that after two kids, the energy expansion from a mom is like all the same. You're going to put in about the same amount of work. I asked my mom friend that had five kids if that was true. And she looked at me like a deer in the headlights. Matter of factly, she answered, no, every child is more work. She was right. So in my early homeschool years, maybe a few years after that, I learned that I'm one of those early morning comatose mothers. Like I look like I'm awake, but I'm unable to hold a conversation without sniping. Are you one of those moms? It only takes one good cup of coffee a day, maybe two in February, but coffee is required. And um, good coffee, because after this many years of coffee drinking, I am now a coffee snob. The second thing I have on my list is morning UV light exposure. Have you seen those UV lights where you can actually flip a switch and get UV light rays into your brain? Where I live in the mountains in early February, cloud cover is a regular friend. Like heavy cloud cover. I grew up on the prairies, so there was enough sun for miles, and you could see for miles too. Now, it could be bitterly cold, but it was sunny. Now, in the Kootenai Mountains, we may have year-round phenomenal views near the river, where we personally have a neighboring island just 100 feet from our home and giant mountains towering the front yard, Douglas fir, larch, pine, birch, hemlock, and spruce. But some days, we also have cloud cover so thick I cannot determine the types of trees just 20 feet from my great room window. Sitting in front of a UV light for 15 minutes every morning, an oral dose of vitamin D and vitamin B complex they help my brain in finding happiness through this really dull, dreary season. The third thing I'd share with you is to go outside. It always seems counterintuitive to go outside when one is enveloped by that thick cloud cover. But the first few years that I lived here, I practiced what the locals kept repeating. Go outside. In the darkest part of the year, what saved me, to my surprise, was going outside. Spending time outside helps me commune with the world around me and to slow to the pace of the natural creation. Somehow it works. So I find reasons to be outside, like cross-country skiing or snowshoeing in the winter, hiking, kayaking, canoeing, tending my goats and raising chickens and planting a garden. There just has to be an excuse and a reason to go outside. What's your excuse? And on that thought, my fourth suggestion is to make time for exercise. Of course, right? Well, I assume I need to exercise every day, 
because when I don't, because there's always days when, of course, something happens and it doesn't happen, then I'll know that it's okay. I do it almost every other day. Anyhow, I do it because it helps burn mental tension and it infuses happy hormones into my brain. This is a must when you're a homeschool parent with kids all day. Once a week, everyone's invited to a dance party, even the teenagers, though they don't always want to join. But I turn on music that, well, is probably the soundtrack of my homeschool kids' lives. And I probably won't mention all the names, but nonetheless, it is great dance party music. And almost every day, I play tennis or shoot hoops or kick a soccer ball or throw a baseball or a football. My favorite is canoeing, kayaking, hiking, cross-country skiing. And if it's especially warm, I'll swim in the icy mountain river beside us. What do you like to do for exercise? Make it something that you actually like to do, not something that you tell yourself you like to do because other people are doing it. I like to go to art galleries. That's something that truly is loving myself. And might I add, I'm the only one that likes to go to art galleries. Okay, so I don't have the Louvre or the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City available to me. But I do have art books from those places because I, once upon a time, got to visit those places. Discovering the soothing effect of staring at a beautiful piece of art, it energizes me. And it's probably fueling my unschooled fine arts degree. Instead of a daily visit to a gallery, which isn't really a thing for me since I live in the mountains, not a major city center, I research a piece of art from a book. This is my unschooled homeschool mama life. What is an activity that you could do that you love to do that could just be a couple of minutes a day? Leave it out on your bedside table and take a look at it every morning. I also like to study composers. That's another thing that I do. I didn't take formal piano lessons when I was a child. I did play the clarinet for five or six years in band class and was pretty mediocre, but I do love listening to classical music. So I study composers and also build my own reading Spotify lists. Similar to art books, I've got a compendium of musical composers with historical tidbits and pieces they performed. Guess who missed out on their fine arts degree? This stuff feeds my soul, just good music, good art, and I include it in my read aloud in the morning with my kids. Okay, just one kiddo's listening to it with me this year, and I just love learning about different composers, so he's learning it too. The seventh thing that I would encourage you to do is to meditate. And if this concept is like wildly new to you, I hear you. I have been there where I thought there is no way that I'm going to be doing that. This is not my kind of thing. There's something to be said about slowing your brain down and practicing presence. I mean, you know it intuitively, but seriously, there is way too much going on and there are way too many voices in my head. And it's because I just have too many kids. There are way too many voices in my head. Can I hear anyone? I wouldn't even have believed I'd ever have written a sentence that said to meditate, especially meditate with a coloring book. Because if you're new to meditating, getting one of those meditation coloring books can be an effective way to transition into meditation. This practice only takes a few minutes. 
So while I do this coloring, I focus my mind on thinking the right thoughts and producing a pretty page, of course. Maybe just intentional breathing. I've also turned on a YouTube meditation and focused on my breathing or listened to a guided meditation as I colored black and white color pages of Jane Austen quotes and images. My favorite, but I'm pretty sure you can find a meditation coloring book with literally any topic these days. So try meditation. Meditation is like vegetables for your brain. The eighth, and I think pretty much the most important thing that we can do to love ourselves, is to learn how to reframe our thoughts. This was mind-blowing for me. <laughs> it really was, though. If you're ever part of my book club, or an intensive, or most coaching sessions, or my homeschool mama retreat, you'll know that I start with a grounding exercise of some sort. We'll do something like this. We'll just check in with ourselves. We'll breathe slowly, maybe five beats in, hold our breath for five beats, exhale slowly for five beats, do that a couple times. Then I'll ask you these questions. How are you feeling? Are you feeling triggered by something? Was there something in your day that made you feel triggered? And what is the feeling? What was the scenario around that feeling? What's the thought behind the feeling? Because there are always thoughts that trigger the feelings. We just have to get to know ourselves enough to discover what they are. Is there an underlying need behind my feeling or my thought? And of course, the question, can I reframe those thoughts behind my feelings? Because I usually can, in some way, reframe the thoughts behind my feelings. And this process of reframing my thoughts always improves my happy factor and almost always benefits my relationships when I do. Like, quick example. I've come up with the coolest party for our wrap-up to our Egyptian history study. I've got food, I've got an excavation project in the backyard, and just all sorts of things. By the way, I really did this thing, and it's on my blog. You can find that under Egyptian Partey. You think it's so much fun. Turns out one of your kids doesn't think it's so much fun, and they let you know. And you are telling yourself, are you kidding me? I spent hours on Pinterest planning this thing. Your child isn't interested in doing that activity. Do I take offense to that? Well, naturally, yes, indeed, I do. They aren't loving what I love. They're just being contrary. They didn't get what they wanted with their sibling earlier, so now they're just going to make it difficult for me. Okay, just throwing that out there. In reality, my kids actually enjoyed that day. Do I tell myself that child is just contrary? Or maybe I can ask them why and get to understand what actually is behind their feeling. What, are, what is the reason they're not interested in it? Maybe they just were doing something that they really love doing. They don't want to be interrupted. Or maybe they really weren't as into Egypt as I was. Or maybe they're having a hard time hanging out with their brother lately because he's not being all that nice to her. Then it turns out the reason for her not wanting to participate really had nothing to do with me. If I can learn to reframe my thoughts behind my feelings, I will definitely engage differently. 
and it will definitely influence my relationship with my children. The ninth thing that I can do for myself to look after myself is to get time for myself. So when people ask me if I get time for myself, especially in the earlier years when I had all four of my kids at home homeschooling and one of them was actually just eight or nine months old, I saw a lot of raised eyebrows when I told them that I actually get more time than when they were in school. Because I am far more in control of my time and my schedule. Also because my kids get a whole lot more of my focused attention, so they don't want to always even be with me. Well, except, of course, for the baby. But I also have to get more time for myself because no surprise to any homeschool mom in existence ever, homeschooling is kind of demanding. Kids need stuff. When they're little, we assume they're more demanding than when they're older. Um, sometimes, depends on the child. Sometimes they need more when they're older. Sorry, toddler parents, but it actually is true. Sometimes they need more processing time for their emotions, for expressing their disagreement with you, for you to figure out how to engage that without losing your stuff. They're more, shall we say, vigorous. Older kids also want you to drive them places, so your schedule is rife with an unpaid part-time taxi job. And also, they want you to pay for stuff, but that's a different discussion. Nonetheless, there's not more time as they get older. So therefore, I need to feel separate at times. So I purposefully spend time doing things that are just about me, that aren't the grocery store, or running errands. So what are you doing these days that is just for you? The 10th thing that I do to love myself is to delete a whole bunch of stuff, to delete a whole bunch of activities. Stuff that other people think is important is not necessarily stuff that I need to think is important. But even stuff I thought that was important, but I learned I didn't have time to include is also not important. I'm a gal with great expectations for my homeschool and for my family, so I've had to subtract a lot. So I've had to subtract an awful lot of stuff that was good, but not great for my family. And I learned to include me in it. And I learned to honestly assess what I needed and what was really not working for me as well. So deleting activities, deleting ideas, deleting a whole subject area if necessary, or frankly, deleting an entire homeschool methodology, whatever, just delete a whole bunch of stuff until you get to that place where you don't feel like you're being unrealistic. The 11th thing that I do to love me as a homeschool mama is to pursue self-development, to accept growth. My goal is to show up on purpose in my family, my homeschool, and my life. That's my goal. I share with you my homeschool mama reading list for personal growth. You can find that over on my website. I do a lot of reading. This list is also always growing because I am always reading and listening to podcasts and listening to something on Audible and discussing those books all on the homeschool mama book club. I'm also learning from a therapist and a coach. P.S. I do life coaching too. 
This life thing compels us all to continue to grow, whether we're willing or unwilling. So we might as well agree to grow with the flow, wouldn't you say? So what are you doing these days to pursue self-development? I am practicing feeding my brain over here. I'm not trying to be the first runway homeschool mama supermodel. Also, I occasionally feed my brain whatever baking the kids have done. Like this weekend was caramel popcorn. Other weekends, brownies, homemade ice cream, French macaroon. I'm not a martyr over here. I also feed my brain supplements, loads of fruit and veggies because food is fuel. And useful fuel enables me to think clearly and function highly. So think about tweaking your diet. The 13th thing I would encourage you to do that a lot of people don't always talk about is to get creative. Do something, anything that's creative, anything that strikes your fancy, what, whatever is the first thing that came to your mind that you really want to experiment with, but you just haven't had time. That's the thing. If homeschooling can fuel our kids to be more creative, it can surely enable us to be as well. So just as you hope your kids will play with creativity, you can too. And as Rumi so eloquently said, let yourself be silently drawn by the strange pull of what you love. It will not lead you astray. So what can you do that would be your version of creative? And the last and final thing that I put on this list of loving your homeschool mama self is to build a community of support. Whether the focus is on your ideas around homeschooling or your desire for self-development and how you're showing up in your life, find a community to support you. Of course, you're welcome to join the Patreon community for this podcast. You'll have access to other homeschool moms on this journey too and including opportunities for coffee chats, virtual but live with me, and extended live interviews with the guests of this podcast. I offer a Homeschool Mama book club as we explore books that help us get clearer on our homeschool vision and help us to show up on purpose with accountability, gentle accountability. Our next book club is actually going to be discussing Julie Bogart's new book release, Raising Critical Thinkers, A Parent's Guide to Growing Wise Kids in the Digital Age. That's happening in just a couple weeks. Oh, and we get to visit with Julie virtually too. I offer group intensives to grapple with the most challenging issues in our homeschools and our lives, because whatever's happened in our lives is definitely happening in our homeschools. We've chatted about boundaries overwhelm, and this week, self-compassionate techniques, just in time for Valentine's. So these are my 14 self-nurturing practices that I would encourage you to consider actually putting in your day-to-day list, even if it's just one thing. So what have you put on your list? Consider this your Valentine's gift to yourself. If you do it, let me know when you do it. I want to be here to remind you to nurture the nurturer. Oh, and homeschool mama, happy Valentine's Day. From one homeschool mama to another, I see all that you do, and you most definitely deserve a whole bunch of chocolate. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm so glad that you are part of the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast community. 
I can't wait to get to know you more and your homeschooled kiddos. I encourage you to jump on to my website, www.capturingthecharmlife.com. And in the show notes page of this podcast episode, you can share all about you, introduce you and your homeschooled kids on the SpeakPipe app to that page, or you can throw a comment up on any page. I'd be happy to connect with you because I'm here to walk alongside you to encourage you toward clarity, confidence, and vision in your homeschool. This podcast explores aspects of self-care that I hope will serve the real homeschool mom in her real homeschool days. Because there are a few issues that most homeschool moms grapple with. That not good enough feeling, perfectionism, loneliness, anger, doubt, boredom, anyone? How about impatience? or having to reparent ourselves after past trauma, even self-confidence and identity issues, and most definitely, overwhelm. All the human feelings in the homeschool mom experience. To build into this community, I have created a Patreon community. If you're interested in joining the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Patreon community, you can check me out on patreon.com homeschoolmamaselfcare. I'll see you there.